are on the line. Live on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga and in Auburn on ESPN 1067 or online on FoxSports983.com and ESPNAU.com. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Daw. Join the show by calling in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7000. You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Dawn, ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Happy National Signing Day, everybody. You remember a day when it used to be called Early National Signing Day? It was, a, it was back in the day, right? I mean, this has only changed in recent years. I'm still calling it Early Signing Day. And it is, but if you watch SEC Network, which it is called the early signing period, on SEC Network, they're calling it National Signing Day. Well, they're just wrong. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, I, do, I remember back in the day when it was early signing day, and I honestly, I still look at it that way, because, I mean, it, it kind of is. And it is, but likewise, I understand what SEC Network's doing yeah. in that it's kind of taken over. Oh, Most yeah. guys do sign today. Oh, yeah. And there have already been some massive bombs dropped today, uh, not just in the SEC, but all across college football. Auburn football has done some damage. Do we know the fate of wide receiver Darius Clemens yet? Not yet. He no. is set to announce at 2 p.m., so I imagine that's coming soon. We will keep everybody up to date on what's going on there. It is Michigan. All right. There you go. Darius Boom. Clemens. Signs with Michigan on National Signing Day. That was a high-value Auburn target that has now chosen the Michigan Wolverines. Just one of a couple of misses today for Auburn where the Tigers have hit after hit after hit in the last 48, 72 hours. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Auburn, I believe, heading into National Signing Day uh, was sitting somewhere in the 30s, according to the 24-7 Sports Recruiting Rankings. They are now up to 12th nationally, 5th in the SEC after landing some huge names. The the Auburn has been uh, putting in work on the recruiting trail. If you've been paying attention to uh, social media or Twitter or anything like that, you've seen Brian Horson and the Cruton Finger have been out across uh, the uh, the country ma- making uh, making do with what uh, what different recruits uh, they've been talking to, and Auburn has uh, landed a massive haul today. Best recruit? Best recruit. I think their best recruit right now is the the uh, the linebacker out of Mobile, Robert Woodyard. Uh, he was initially an Alabama commit. Auburn flipped him. Four-star kid uh, is the uh, 137th best prospect nationally. That is Auburn's best recruit that they have signed today, in my opinion. Who have we lost? Well... Uh, yesterday, I believe we lost Jacoby Albert, uh, who has now flipped and officially committed to the University of Kentucky. Uh, we have also, like we just uh, discussed, we lost Darius Clemens, uh, who is non-committal and was bouncing around between Oregon, Auburn, and Michigan. And I'm kind of glad now I'm thinking about it that I wasn't that we didn't get him and that we were able to pick up another guy that is his exact same size and Cam Brown at receiver. Um, no disrespect, Clemens. Hope he hope he has a great career at Michigan. But I mean, uh, if we're trying to look at things positively here, Auburn's getting a similar build uh, in receiver at, with with Camden Brown. Uh, who else have we lost today? I'm trying to Curtis think. Perry. Curtis Perry is probably the 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 only other one. Uh, he 
uh, decided to commit to uh, the University of Alabama. It was Alabama, UCF, and Auburn, I believe, was in that race. Uh, and it, it was really looking like it was... Um, it Justin was going, Williams as well. Justin Williams uh, committed to Tennessee, the running back, four-star uh, kid. I, I think that Curtis Perry is definitely a loss for Auburn. That's a huge blow considering how the, uh, the class is going in terms of Auburn signing defensive linemen. Um, and we talked about that a little bit off air earlier, but overall, I think this was a huge day for the Tigers. The secondary looks great in terms of Auburn's recruiting today, and that's what we're going to do here in our first segment. If you want to call in 334-321-1390, we are taking your calls all show long, breaking down from a summary perspective, National Signing Day. How have the Tigers done in your eyes? I think they've done better than I expected. I, obviously, we've uh, we've kind of been hearing some rumblings about uh, Auburn building up to something really special today. Obviously, Damari Austin has been very adamant about that on Twitter. One of Auburn's uh, commits has been very, uh, very much so involved in the recruiting process, it seems like, for some of these other guys. He's been really excited about what's coming. I didn't know what to expect other than just positive things, and sure enough, uh, Auburn definitely delivered. This was a class that we talked about for the entire summer, just kind of worried about where it would be um, heading into next year. And we were even having some concerns about what concerns about what it would look after National Signing Day. And Auburn goes from literally 13th in the SEC, next to last in the SEC, pole vaults up to fifth, and they're now a top 15 class nationally. And we're still not done, right? They've still got players that they can sign before the the actual uh, signing period ends uh, next year. So I think Auburn's done really, really well. Like you mentioned, the secondary has been a point of emphasis for the Tigers, uh, and they've picked up some really big-time names. Uh, also, Holden Jariner, Damari Alston, uh, skill position players signing with the Tigers as well, Amari Kelly, uh, a bunch of four-star guys, excited to see what they do uh, for the future of the program as well. I think the only thing that this class lacks is a big-time name on the offensive line. But I will say Auburn was able to pick up Eston Harris, uh, the uh, the three-star offensive tackle out of Auburn uh, High School. So so the good of what Auburn has done today, and then I'll get to the not-so-good. I'm not going to say bad, but the incomplete. The good of what Auburn has done today on the recruiting trail. I would say the defensive backfield, they have put together one of the best defensive back classes that we have seen in recent memory. They have brought in a total of one, two, three, four, five, six total defensive backs have committed to Auburn in this recruiting class. And you and I were talking all the way back in the preseason, and I painted the picture of how many DBs could leave Auburn after this year. And you're already losing Roger McCreary. You're already losing Smoke Monday, I would assume, even though he could come back. You've lost those two guys to the professional level and to the NFL draft. I knew that Auburn was going to have to replace those transfer losses that they lost a year ago and players like Marco Domeo. Mm-hmm. And then there was one other that transferred that was below him on the depth chart that I've forgotten. And then you lost Chris Tom, uh, Chris Thompson. You lost several DBs last year due to transfer. And I knew at some point Auburn was going to have to replace those guys. Auburn replaced those players here today with some high-quality athletes. Jadarian Rim, 
number 168 player nationally. Austin Osberry, number 177 player nationally. Of course, Trey Donaldson's been in the class for a while. I don't know if he's going to play football his entire career because I think he's more of a basketball commit, but nonetheless, he's still in there. You go down the board, you got a couple of Juco guys that have committed to you and signed with you now. Marquise Gilbert and Keontae Scott, two guys that are top of their position at the Juco level. Keontae Scott, the number one Juco quarterback. Marquise Gilbert, the number one safety. Move down the line, Caleb Wooden, probably more of a depth piece, coming in at 829 nationally, but there's another defensive back that Auburn brought in. That was a look at the entire defensive back class that they brought in this. They've clearly done a great job of replacing the talent that is leaving the program while also bringing guys in that are going to fit this scheme and what they want to do. They are trying to remold, it's obvious to me, with the massive amount of transfers that they got in this previous class, Guys like Bidarius Knight and Roe Torrance, the amount of guys that they were bringing in in the secondary about a year ago now or half a year ago before we were headed into this season, and then the amount of guys that they have signed in this year's class, they're obviously trying to recreate this defensive backfield in a different image. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, like you said, it's it's clear that it's a point of emphasis because of the fact that they've signed since six defensive backs. Obviously, Trey Donaldson probably not going to play football as much as he will basketball uh, for, for the Auburn Tigers. But still, I mean, you're picking up some legitimate recruits like Rim and Keontae Scott. I think he's going to be a fascinating piece, piece to watch. The fact that you were able to get both the number one cornerback and the number one safety out of the JUCO ranks today. That's really, really impressive, I think, that Auburn was able to pull that off. So, obviously, it's a point of emphasis, and this is something that we've been talking about uh, for what feels like months now, is how is Auburn going to remold, how are they going to reshape the the way the program operates, both on both sides of the ball, right? And that starts in recruiting and getting guys to come in and they fit your scheme. It's very clear that Auburn is trying to reshape these this defensive backfield and try and tailor it to this 3-4 scheme that Derek Mason wants to run. It's clear because they've signed so many dudes. Another area where I think Auburn's done well today, linebacker. Robert Woodyard is the type of player that you need moving forward at inside linebacker for Auburn. That's what he's going to play. That's what he played in high school in a 3-4 scheme. He is a 3-4 inside linebacker at six foot one, 210 pounds. Man, who does that frame sound like? Zacoby McLean. Zacoby McLean, yeah. And Owen Papo. And you watch this guy's film – he moves really well in the interior of the defense. He doesn't possess a lot of speed, but or and he's not overly rangy, and that may change once he gets to college, of course, as he gets into their as he gets into their workout programs and whatnot, and he develops as an athlete. But what he does so well, and it jumps off the film immediately because it's one of his first couple of highlights on some of his tapes, it's interceptions. This guy Watches the quarterback very well. He's got great ball skills. He played running back as well on offense. Also played some slot receiver for them. You can see him with a handful of interceptions last year in high school. He he plays very well in zone coverage for a linebacker. I mean, th- this guy's going to fit what Auburn wants to do in the interior of that defensive um, in, in the interior of that front seven um, at the second level. I, I'm really stoked about Robert Woodyard. And then, of course, you have the local product, Pal Gordon, a pass rusher. I'll be interested. To, I'll be interested to see uh, as a three-star number 659 national. I'll be interested to see um, what that ascension up the depth chart looks for a guy like Powell Gordon. Um, but don't let recruiting rankings fool you. 
guys can definitely overcome their recruiting rankings. Roger McCreary was in like the 900s and he was a first team All-American this year. So recruiting rankings only mean so much and Powell Gordon could end up being uh, a nice piece off the edge for Auburn. I'm not going to lie, Woodyard, whenever you watch his film, he looks... Uh, 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 he looks like he's bigger than McLean, like just a little he bit. Does. They're very similar size, but the way that Woodyard plays the game, plays the larger. He plays like a like a, a, a larger guy. And I will say, you go back and you watch some of his huddle film. Great ball skills, like you just mentioned, really, really good in coverage. But this guy does look like somebody that's going to be a physical presence in that front seven. We're excited to see the way that he pans out at Auburn. Just watching his film, he looks like a guy that could be ready to participate at the next level in the SEC. And the Powell Gordon, like you mentioned, I mean, he just racked up sacks and tackles for loss during his time at Auburn High. He's going to be a guy that I'm interested to see at 6'3", 215. He had an excellent game against IMG against some of the best and most highly recruited offensive linemen in the country. That says a lot. He proved it at the high school level, and he's got the size to do it. He's a three-star kid, but I'm interested to see how he pa- he pans out because if you go back and watch some of his film, he's relentless on the defensive edge. He's going to be really fun to watch during his time at Auburn if he does get that shot later. He reminds me a lot of Mahmoud Diabate, which was an Auburn high product, has been playing at Florida. He's in the transfer portal. Would love to see Auburn get him in the transfer portal. That would be sick. That would be great to see, see him paired up with Powell Gordon. Last thing I'll say that Auburn did really well, I believe, um, and, and there are other players that I like, but I'll, I'll say this. As far as offense is concerned, I think Auburn found some core future pieces for this scheme moving forward. Holton Jariner, of course, or Gariner, excuse me, at quarterback, that's a guy that you look to in the future to take snaps for Auburn as a starter one day. I think they went out and got this guy because they believe in him. They believe in his ability. He has climbed recruiting rankings. ESPN has him as a top 10 pocket passer in their rankings. 24-7 Sports Composite has him at number 19 at the position. He's a good quarterback. Next to him in the backfield, you got Damari Austin. Could also get Trevante Citizen down the line, but Damari Austin... At running back, reminds me a lot of Tank when you watch the film. He, I don't think he's as good um, because Tank was special a, a, as a freshman, right? Like that, that's a hard, that's a hard bar to meet. But I definitely see a lot of Tank in Tamari Austin. He comes in at 5'10", 205, so very similar frame as well. And then you also go to the tight end position. Michael Riley Ducker is going to fit exactly what this coaching staff wants out of the tight end position. I will be very excited to see future formations that have two tight ends in Landon King and Micah Riley Ducker. And Landon King has been very vocal about the signing of Micah Riley Ducker and how excited he is about him joining that tight end room today and yesterday. Uh, When that national letter of intent came in, Landon King was happy. And let me tell you, Auburn, if both of these guys are legitimate receiving weapons and they can block, look, Six foot five and Landon King and six foot six and Michael Riley Ducker. I mean, these are going to be legitimate threats. I am thrilled to see the way these two kids operate in this offense moving forward. Uh, and we're going to talk about the way that offense operates moving forward because Auburn got a new OC, but we'll talk about that uh, later in the show. But talking about just like skill position players overall, you mentioned Holden Jariner, you mentioned Damari Alston. Both those guys I think are going to be fantastic pieces for the Tigers moving forward. Could we see Holden G and a quarterback battle? Uh, this this uh, this spring and into fall camp next year, if Auburn doesn't elect to get a, a transfer portal QB, maybe. I think that's definitely on the table. I think he's going to have a shot. And then Damari Alston is probably going to get first-year touches, potentially along with Trevante Citizen, uh, if, uh, if, uh, if things pan out that way. But overall, skill position player-wise, I think Auburn got a ton of receivers as well. I think they did great in that department. And I think they're lacking that stud at wide receiver that they were looking to get in this class not that they didn't do well from a depth standpoint because they did bring in 
you know, they, they brought in one, two, three total receivers in this class, and Amari Kelly's going to be good. And uh, you, you go down the line, Camden Brown and Jay Fair. You know, Camden Brown's a three-star in Florida. You know what they say about three stars in Florida. A three-star in Florida is a four-star everywhere else. Same can be said about guys from Texas and um, and, and California and even Georgia to a degree, I think. Uh, so, so I'm not you know uncomfortable with those guys star ratings but you do kind of get you kind of go down the line a little bit at wide receiver when you see Camden Brown and Jay Fair are outside the top 500 so I I do think you're lacking that stud at wide receiver that would have been Darius Clements had he committed but that can be fulfilled by getting a younger guy in the transfer portal that you feel confident about Theo Weiss is still out there if Auburn would be able to get him Um, so on the one hand I think they did a good job from a depth standpoint at wide receiver and the numbers that they brought in and also that's another position group where we talked about cornerback cornerback they're trying to obviously mold into their vision for that position wide receiver they're trying to do the same thing what is the common thing among all these receivers they're all big-bodied physical wide receivers aside from Jay Ferris sitting at 5'10 175 who may end up being a slot guy yep I mean you talk about Camden Brown Camden Brown's at 6'3 190 plays very physical Amari Kelly at 6'2 180 none of these guys really jump off the page in terms of like super fast straight line speed or anything like that but they've got great hands they're physical I just don't think that you've got that like athletic crazy specimen at wide receiver in this class and that's something that I think they needed they needed a highlight at wide receiver and they just didn't get it in Darius Clements but um, you know I think that there's still room for obviously them to find something like that in the transfer portal or possibly by February let's head to the phone lines now 334-321-1390 and we got Ty the Tiger on the line with us Ty how you doing today uh pretty good guys it's been a um pretty big pretty big day uh i guess we, we've moved up uh, i still guess about 20 spots yeah auburn's up to number 12 nationally on 24 7 sports you know what you know what's sad about that is we moved up 20 spots nationally but probably on like two or three in the sec right well i they're up to five in the sec and they were <laughs> hanging around 10 the so they they did make some ground there too <laughs> but yeah i mean it's it's just hilarious how, i mean all these i mean missouri kentucky i mean all these South Carolina, they're all up in the top 20 this yeah. year. It was just, I mean, just a little bit different. I mean, you normally feel with SEC schools, but it's usually the other guys. These, the, the, you know, those, the lower guys um, are in there this year. But Florida, how about them? I mean, I, do you think they're kind of like Florida and LSU is kind of feeling the kind of what we went through last year with, you know, just basically hiring a coach, not really – you know, the early signing day. Now, that's the one thing about the early signing day I don't like. If you go get, if you have to go get a new coach, I mean, you're, you're basically just chalking that recruiting class up unless some kids just love, you know, your school because, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's hard. You know, I mean, you know, some people don't even have OCBCs in, in place by the time early signing day comes around. It's just a little difficult. Um, yeah, Mario Cristobal talked about that on game day this past weekend, said that, they need that the NCAA, which the obviously the NCAA has no ability to control this really, but that they need to create a time period where coaching the coaching carousel could can occur and then recruiting can follow after. Yeah, because again, I mean, again, but now I expect Miami, um, UC, uh, USC, and all of them to jump back next year and be high on a lot of things um, coming up this next year, but. uh but hey, guys! Um, so great guys, great great job done in recruiting. I think think our coaching staff, our, our recruiting 
coaches is, is I think they knocked it out of the park, except for like you guys said. Uh, so Clemens did announce it was I thought it was at three, but he it must have been at two. It was at two. Um, yeah, he announced Michigan. Okay. He went to Michigan. Well, that, I heard earlier he's actually from East Lansing, so I mean that's kind of a hard, hard. Um, but maybe I thought it was uh, maybe he had known him out there. You know, being prior to Auburn, being close to him, he might have uh, Harson could have pulled him. But uh, transfer portal is wide open, and there's a bunch of good wide receivers. I'm more scared about the O line. I mean, we've got one O line, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, in this That's class. Right. And, yep. And 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 we had uh, three transfer, three starters. Um, I, that's kind of a, a a thing for me is the O line. I mean, we you know, I, hey, you can have a lot of uh, of cool uh, flashy players on the outside. Uh, you know, some ball hawks on in the back in the in the backfield of the defense. But if you ain't got the big boys uh, up front, you know, you ain't going to win in the SEC. I don't care how good, you know. And, and you know, I mean, Bama, I mean, look at Bama. This is probably their worst O-line in, in 10 years, and everybody was doubting them because of the way they were playing. Yeah. That's why that's, everybody got to them through their O-line. Um, everybody who came close to beating them, who put points up on them, who stopped them on offense, they got to them to their O-line. Um so I think I think we got to get some O line in the transfer quarter. Um, y'all hearing any? Uh, y'all heard the, the the kid from USC, the quarterback? Uh, oh I'm yeah. From him. Um, let me ask you guys this: what 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 would be the holdup for announcing Austin Davis as the offensive coordinator? Like why why did we not announce this before today? I, I, that's the, you know the move is puzzling. Yes. But the timing to me is puzzling as well, because I, I don't understand what it was. I mean, was he was he a fallback, or you get what I'm saying? Like that's what it seems like to me as as far as I don't think that he was. I don't think that he was the number one option um, because I think that was Zach Hill. But let us tackle that question uh, on the on the other side of this break, Ty. We appreciate the phone call, my man. All right, man. War Eagle guys. War Eagle to you too, Ty. That was Ty the Tiger with us. Let's take a quick break. We'll tackle that question on the other side of it. We've been going a little bit long here on this segment. We need to come back uh, from some commercials in just a moment. We'll talk and uh, tackle all that from that phone call. Offensive coordinator hire with Austin Davis, as well as some of the other things going on in recruiting where Auburn could have improved and done better today, especially that offensive line. We'll break that down when we come back. Back on On the Line, Lance Dahl, Noah Gardner here with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Really appreciate that phone call in the previous segment from Ty the Tiger. If you want to call in, 334-321-1390 is the number to dial, or you can text us at 334-564-1840. All right, talking about Auburn's uh, early signing day recruiting class, talking about some of the players that they've gotten, some of the things that they could have improved on, some of the things they did well, but Ty was asking about the hire of Austin Davis, right? He was asking about the Offensive timing of it. Yeah. Right. And we uh I want to tackle that first before we go back into recruiting because you had some thoughts on why Auburn announced it when they did and why the holdup uh on on announcing Austin Davis. The current was the uh the Seahawks quarterbacks coach now turned Auburn offensive coordinator. So First of all, I don't think that he was Auburn's first option. Right. Not that he was a – I mean, by definition, I guess that would be a fallback. I think Auburn reset the search. 
That was what Christian Clemente said to us last week of AuburnSports.com. And bless that guy because he is doing a lot of hard work right now cover national signing day today for auburnsports.com um and, and keeping everybody up to date with what's going on but he told us last week that it seems like that they kind of had to redirect the search after it was obvious that the zach hill hire was not going to happen that they were not going to be able to get the arizona state offensive coordinator through the doors here at auburn and so once they reset which has only been in the last week or so not even it hasn't even been a week since they've made that reset I mean because we talked with them last Thursday it's been since about that time that we've seen this change in direction Austin Davis's name was pretty much the only name that you heard whenever you talked to somebody about who the next offensive coordinator could be I think that they waited until later on in signing day I think the timing of this is look all of your recruiting battles all of your pitches, all of your messages to these guys has been done without an offensive coordinator. Best not to add another variable to the recruiting process if you didn't need him to get these guys in the first place. Right. Because not that he was not a good hire, but let's just be real. Some folks may not understand it. He's only been coaching for three years, only been out of the league for a handful of seasons. He doesn't have a long resume. This isn't a, this does not on paper to a lot of people look like a knockout hire. I like the hire, but this is not like a knockout move or anything like that. And so best not to add a variable to recruiting when it doesn't need to be there until after signing day. I, and so I think they've made a good move. I think that's well said. Is don't don't add in something that you don't need if what's going to plan is going don't to plan. Don't talk past the close. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. And you know, that's again like you said, it's not to say that it was a bad hire. It's just like even if it was like even if they had hired like who's a who's a great coordinator i could think of right now if they had hired lane dan mullen yeah i was gonna say dan mullen but i uh but lane kiffin if they had hired lane kiffin wait until after so that there's not a wrench thrown into the fact that you are already signing these kids right like you don't need that like you said that extra variable so i definitely think that that was that was a factor and then also like you said he was not auburn's first choice they had to reset things. They had to reevaluate things. And so that's why I feel like it's taken so long for a name to get announced is because part of it is that they didn't know who they wanted for the majority of this process. So Here's why I like the hire, because I know some folks out there have some questions about that. Here's why I like the hire about Austin Davis. He's moldable. I like the fact that Brian Harson appears to be taking over this offense. Things did not seem to work from a synergy standpoint on offense this year. At times, there appeared to be a disconnect between what was going on between the OC and the head coach. And I think there's a very specific vision for this offense that Brian Harson has. And I think he is truly capable of getting this offense to that level. That is going to mean an upgrade to this passing game. Will the running game be able to complement it effectively in the SEC? I think you got to get some offensive linemen here. But I think this offense can work in this league. I do. And what I like about this Austin Davis hire is that he's moldable. I think he's capable of coaching quarterbacks. He's been with someone who, part, like honestly, he's one of the best coaches. He's been one of the best coaches in the game of football in the last 15 years. And Pete Carroll, he, th- this guy has been around some really bright minds in football. Not just Pete Carroll, but also Russell Wilson. I, I would be shocked if if Russell Wilson wasn't teaching Austin Davis more than Austin Davis was t- teaching and helping Russell Wilson, right? 
uh, because I mean th- those ages. I mean, wouldn't Russell Wilson be about the same age, if not older? Then Austin Davis. I mean, yeah. that's that's the type of thing that you're looking at here. Russell Wilson's 33 years old. Austin Davis is 32. Yep. Just saying. I mean, that, that this was Russell Wilson's quarterback coach. He's been around some really bright minds. Right. We got a text here. They did not give a name, but they said Trevon Reed has been balling out with Auburn on the oh, recruiting yeah. trail with an OC hire. Reed wouldn't. Uh, Reed can't be flying around with the staff, is what he said. I don't necessarily know if that's like if if that's true. Like with an offensive coordinator, then Trovon can't travel with the team to recruit. But I mean, there may be some type of rules that right. they've got. If, yeah. if 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 that's true, then yeah, Trovon Reed, by the way, has also been balling out on yes, Twitter. Yes, he has. His Twitter has been really fun to follow. So I like this offensive coordinator hire. We'll keep talking about that throughout the show. We're going to revisit recruiting when we come back. We'll go a little bit more in depth on Auburn's commitments, break them down from a film perspective, as well as tell you where Auburn can maybe do better moving forward, especially on that offensive line. Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back. 30 minutes in hour number one on National Signing Day. I'm on the line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 at Fox Sports Central Alabama. Number to call, 334-321-1390. Lance, where could Auburn have done better? Well, I think this was something that we've we've kind of hinted at and kind of discussed a little bit already, is the offensive line. Uh, and this is a point that Ty the Tiger made, is you cannot – compete in the SEC with the best of the bunch. You can have all the skill position players you want, but you can't really compete with the best of the bunch if you don't have guys in the trenches that can perform for you. And I think a great place or a great example of that is Alabama in the SEC championship game, right? Georgia's defense on pace to be the best literally since 1986 statistically. What does Alabama do? They come in and that offensive line plays the game of their life after not performing the entire season. So They put up a lot of points on a great defense. Here's what I'll say about Auburn's offensive line recruiting. They've got a good one in Eston E.J. Harris. Yes. Guy's good. Comes in at number 429 nationally, six foot six, 290-pound tackle. He's got, got some size. Right, and he's got some good range with his arms. He's got some athleticism. I like the guy. That's it. It's the only offensive lineman they've got in the class. Of course, they lost Drew Bobo, which is a little bit of a blow, but I think they have been expecting that since – they let Mike Bobo go on. Here's what I'll say about offensive line recruiting. I think the names that you're looking at on the offensive line, look to February. There are going to be freshmen that will have signed on the offensive line by then. I don't think it's all going to be transfer portal from here. I think that will play a major role, but I do think there are a couple other guys moving forward that Auburn will get or, or will try and get in on by February. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think there's still plenty of time for Auburn to make up in that department. Look, that it was not it was not to say not to critique the offensive line in this class so far is not to say that that Eston Harris is a bad commit whatsoever. Uh, I think he's going to be really good for the Tigers, and Auburn def- desperately needs uh, help at tackle. It's a place that they've not recruited well uh, in the past, and I think he's got great size. The fact that he's a local product is fantastic as well. I think he's a great pickup. I'm not saying that what Auburn has is bad. I'm saying they need more. They just need volume. And like you said, I think that we're definitely going to see more players commit in February, and then also the transfer portal is an option. Well, get this. You remember Julian Armella? Uh, I do not. Top offensive tackle in the country, Julian Armella. Teammates of Camden Brown. He was on campus this past really? weekend. Mm-hmm. He pushed his 
commitment date back to February. Really? Which Florida State was looking for him big time, uh, as well as a couple of other schools, and Auburn was not inside that top four, top five that, he's re- that he released recently. Mm-hmm. But his teammate is signed with Auburn, Camden Brown. This gives Auburn time. There is time for Auburn to get into some offensive line recruiting battles by February. What's his name? Julian Armella. Interesting. I'll look at. I'll, I'll look into. Uh, I'll look into him. But yeah, he's there's a guy right there. You could potentially see Auburn. Uh, Auburn um, pick up. In he's February. the number five interior offensive lineman in the twenty four seven Sports composite ranking. Number one hundred twenty six player nationally. Um, I, I would imagine the five schools that are battling for him right now: Alabama, Florida State, LSU, Florida, Auburn. Auburn's definitely on the outside of that group. Yeah, but they've got a shot though. He's in the uh, yeah, and I think they made some headway when he was on campus enough to like get his attention and be on the fringe, but not enough to like break through. That's it. That's what Christian Clemente was relaying to us on the show last week. But the question is, will he actually be able to break through? Uh, will Auburn actually be able to break through? But they got a couple of months to try and bring this guy in because he's waiting till February. And there are some other offensive linemen that I think Auburn's going to try and get in on by February as well, in addition to the transfer portal. The other area where I don't think Auburn played, uh, Auburn did well today in recruiting is defensive line recruiting. Yep. They have one defensive lineman in this class that is signed, and that is Anise Sledge. And he's number 131 defensive lineman in this year's class at 6'3 and a half, 315. I think he's going to play nose tackle. That's a really hard position group to get super sexy rankings at in recruiting. Um, from everything that you hear about this guy, is that he's going to be very that he's going to be a good defensive lineman. He's going to have a shot to play that position and do it at a high level. And you're not looking for someone who is going to get a ton of penetration at nose tackle in this 3-4 system. You are looking for a nose tackle that is going to muddy things up in the interior. You're looking for a big guy who's going to he's going to make it he's going to make it ugly on the inside. He's not going to be, you know, blowing things up in the backfield, but he's going to be disruptive at the point of attack and I think he can do that at at his size and his um, and his weight but Caden Story is the other defensive lineman that's committed to Auburn but he's waiting to sign until February you lost on Curtis Perry today which would have helped this defensive line recruiting look better I still think it would have been incomplete but losing Curtis Perry to Alabama really hurts it really did and honestly I mean if there is a negative place for us to go with this recruiting class which by the way fact that it's in the top 15 right now it's number 12 the worst thing about this class is defense of line recruiting i think you have to think about what we were talking about earlier is you need to have success in the trenches to compete in the sec the fact that auburn is not recruited well in either of those spots offensive and defensive line is a concern but again that's where the transfer portal is your friend i think auburn definitely is going to look at some offensive linemen at the transfer portal this this uh, off season they're going to be hard to come by but i think auburn's definitely going to have to shot to uh, get some keep an eye out on the uh, the two virginia offensive linemen that are currently in the portal right now on the defensive line i mean we saw auburn go into the portal and get some guys as well. Tony Fair was a transfer uh, this past offseason. I think Auburn could potentially, if they want to, Eculiota was another guy from the transfer portal. If Auburn wants to, they can dip back into the portal and get some guys to kind of shore up that defensive line again this season. It doesn't all have to come uh, from from recruiting, but I will say if there is a knock on this class is the fact that Auburn did not, it has not yet done well in the trenches. 
Auburn up to number 12, though. They've done very well today. Absolutely, yeah. And that's kind of what we what I am still kind of in shock over is whenever I kind of whenever I woke up just watching this class climb and climb and climb after talking for what felt like the entire offseason about just worries about this recruiting class, about how, you know what, we're not expecting anything from this year. We're expecting Auburn to go after some low three-star guys and just kind of reevaluate and then hit the 2023 class. And they have proven, no, year one, uh, with with our with our kids that we're signing, not last year's class. That's Gus Malzahn's class. This year, the year one, they're going to hit it hard. The fact that Auburn is twelfth nationally in year one with a very bright future, I think now looking into twenty twenty three, these guys have proven they can go out and they can get some players. Breaking down these individual players now and I want to do this throughout the show today and we'll kind of break it up throughout the segments but let's go down and let's talk about what Auburn is getting in each of these commitments that they're bringing inside the program let's start in terms of recruiting rankings let's start at the bottom and work our way up to the best players as we get into hour number two later on and so that means we're going to start at kicker Alex McPherson who is uh while he may be the lowest rated player in Auburn's class number one kicker best kicker in the nation and if you watch some of this kid's film he has even though he's only 5'10", 155, he's got what feels like almost a better leg than Anders or Daniel Carlson. I mean, he has an absolute cannon. He's hitting 60, 70 yarders in in, in, in videos. It's it's insane. Like, it is absolutely incredible what this kid can do. Brother of the Cincinnati kicker. Evan McPherson. Exactly. Former, uh, former Florida kicker. So this guy has got some major distance. I'm excited to see him on the plains next year. Really excited to see this kid. Alex McPherson out of Fort Payne, Alabama. He brings the pain to the football as he kicks it 60, 70 yards. You're right. He's got a, he's got a cannon for a leg. I don't think there's anything else to add about the kicker position. They got the best kicker in the class. Have you seen those Madden videos where it's just like, can X player hit a 100-yard field goal or like Justin Tucker or something like that? I'm sure uh, with enough tries, McPherson could do it with some wind. I'm, well, kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but... I mean, you break it down, though, like guys should be able to hit 80 yarders if, if you're doing it on a kickoff. Yeah. But you're also not fully kicking the ball off of the turf on kickoff. There is a little bit of elevation there, and you also don't need accuracy. You just got to smash it. Yeah. Uh, so it would be very difficult, but probably possible. Um, it, but then I'm again. I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. I, I, I've my, always wondered that. I was like, is it possible? I think it is possible. It's a little bit different kicking it off the turf, of course, but off of a tee. Like, if you were kicking it, obviously, we've seen it go through uprights before. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in football. I mean, that, that's possible. All right, moving on. Anise Sledge, defensive lineman, number 131 in this year's class, six foot three and a half, three fifteen, out of Monroe, Louisiana. One of those Louisiana products that Trevon Reed and this Auburn staff is extremely excited about. Right, and he's going to play nose tackle for for the uh, Tigers. And while he is lower on this list, I do want to say a couple positive things about him. He's he's actually surprisingly mobile for a defensive tackle at six three, three fifteen. He also played basketball uh, in high school, just to give you an idea of that. He does have a little bit of that mobility. And look, he's not going to be asked. At least I don't. Think in this 3-4 scheme to do a whole lot in terms of statistical production he's going to be like Tony Fair he's going to be asked to just kind of plug the middle and stop the uh, stop up those gaps and do different things like that I think so, he's going to gain some weight I, I agree I think he's also going to gain some uh, gain gain a little bit of weight during his time at Auburn so overall I think this is a prospect that could be one of those hidden gems for for this class and I do trust Brian Harson and his player development so I think he'll put on another 15 pounds or so try and get up to that 330 you never know once a kid gets to college is he going to grow some is at six three and a half regardless though that's that height is still good um the weight is good is a good starting point I think he will add another 15 pounds like I mentioned to play nose tackle at Auburn this was a position of need 
Auburn didn't have any nose tackles on the roster. I think you you have a couple of guys right now on the roster that can maybe slide over and play that position, but I think they would be more productive at other places, like interior defensive end or uh, possibly playing outside the tackle in some role. Like uh, the, There are a bunch of Colby Woodens on this team, but not a whole lot of Tony Fairs yeah, I would in terms yep. of play style. Yep. And Auburn needs some Tony Fairs Let me tell on you, this D-line. That's why they went and got one. They needed depth at that position, I feel like, because J.J. McGee's being your second-best option, it would have been nice to have had one more guy. And Jeremiah Wright's coming back from injury. That'll be big for Auburn moving forward, so he'll slot in behind him probably. But I just never got the vibe that they wanted to play Lee Hunter at nose tackle. I don't. I don't think that that's where he's going to play at. When is when? Honestly, I, Lee Hunter fitting into a three-four scheme is a little weird for me because I yeah. think he was more of a four-three product, yep. a four-three defensive tackle. But they'll find a way to use him. He's talented. Moving up, safety Caleb Wooden, number eight hundred twenty-nine in the class, number sixty-eight safety. This is a guy that, like, when he committed to Auburn, not a lot of people were excited about. But like, it seems like with the way that the, I mean, this coaching staff went and visited him in the days leading up to signing day. That speaks something to me. Like, I think this coaching staff really likes Caleb Wooden. And look, I, this has been a point of emphasis for me, I think, earlier on in the offseason is talking about the kind of type of players that I would like to have in the 3-4. I would like rangy, tall safeties. And Caleb Wooden list, listed at 6'2", 190. That's great size for a safety. Uh, you watch some of his highlights. He's got a little speed to him, a little bit of athleticism. I think he's going to fit best at Auburn, at least early on in, in his career, as a depth piece as opposed to some of these other guys that Auburn has signed. But I definitely think he is a valuable depth piece if you go back and watch some of his film I think he's again very athletic uh he's got a little bit of speed uh ball hawk type of guy I wouldn't necessarily say he play he plays like a smoke Monday uh, but obviously those two guys playing safety so I think he's a good pickup for the Tigers but again depth piece most likely early on in his career is he's related to Colby Wooden right yeah yeah they're brothers yeah that might be key in helping Colby Wooden stay with the program a little bit longer than You would have uh, not not saying that that's why they brought him in, but this may be key also in keeping Colby Wooden in, in the house a little bit longer uh, instead of going pro right away. So that that'll be something that will be something to look out for too. Moving up, Powell Gordon, Auburn High School product, number six hundred fifty uh, number six hundred fifty nine player nationally, number sixty five player at that linebacker position, six three two fifteen. This guy's going to play out on the edge. I think that is going to be if he does end up ascending the depth chart at Auburn. If he ends up kind of out kicking that recruiting ranking there which we know he's capable of we know that players are capable of doing that I go back to Roger McCreary was outside the top 900 nationally and he's a first team all AP guy I don't know for what reason why folks have been sleeping on Powell Gordon for I I don't get it because every team that plays this guy says that he's a freak up front and that he's almost impossible to block and IMG talked about him that way he had a great game against IMG I think this is secretly a a solid get for Auburn. I say secretly because of recruiting rankings, but Powell Gordon should have a shot to be effective at Auburn. Yes, I I completely agree. I think this kid, uh, like I mentioned earlier, just racked up uh, tackles for loss during his time uh, at Auburn High School. He's going to be playing on the edge, like you mentioned. And like I said earlier in the show, he's got some size to him at, at, at defensive end at 6'3", 210. So I'm excited to see what Gordon could potentially bring to the table. Uh, a great point that you just made is that guys like Roger McCreary were not studs coming out of high school. And look at him now, first-team All-American Powell Gordon. I don't necessarily know if he's going to ascend to that level, but I have faith in this coaching staff to definitely develop him. 
Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll keep breaking down this class. Wrapping up hour number one of the Wednesday edition of On the Line, National Signing Day. Auburn has done some damage. Number 12 nationally, number five in the SEC. They had us in the first half, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Honestly, this is a lot better than I thought Auburn was capable of. Traffic light of recruiting. Where are we? We're green. We're green. This is something I didn't think was possible. This is something that we've been talking about all summer. It's like, I don't think it's ever going to go green. I'm not green. I'm leaving the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not green, and here's why. Trenches. Bad. Very bad. Counter-argument. Legitimate point. We're 12th nationally now. (laughs) Which is great and much better than I thought Auburn was going to be capable of doing this year. So massive props to this coaching staff. They have shown their ability to recruit. They have. But. But I'm not ready to go green light because Auburn is still very thin at both spots in the trenches, offensively and defensively. The reason I'm green is because I think that they can get it done, either whether it be on the recruiting trail or in the transfer portal because we saw them do that last season. Uh, and I saw them make do with with the guys that they were able to find. So maybe it's just me being optimistic, uh, but after seeing them actually figure things out recruiting-wise and actually pick up some of these kids, I, I would positively look at the, the future of before the 2022 season starts and say, look, I think they can get some guys in the transfer portal as well. But that's just me being – I completely understand what you're saying. It's very, very legitimate. My traffic light's lemon-lime. You're almost there. We're kind of green. We're almost there. We're Mountain Dew colored. It's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. (laughs) It's not all the way green. I'm close. I'm thrilled with how this coaching staff has recruited, but there is still, I think, more work to be done. And even if this class does finish top 12 nationally from a skill position perspective, man, those trenches, that's going to kill Auburn in the future. Mm Mm-hmm. Gus has done this on a consistent basis, right? Yep. This is no better than what Gus did in some of his peak seasons. So I need to see those linemen come through the door, which I was saying earlier, there are guys that they are going to try and get in on before February. There is still more recruiting to be done. It is not over yet. And I don't think Auburn's done today. I'm sure there are going to be some other guys that they're going to have a shot at getting. And I don't think that they're done this week. There are more players to come. I think Jeffrey Imba, there's a good shot there, I think, for Auburn. December 19th, I Sunday. believe he's going to be announcing. So I'm feeling good about that battle. I am. I'm feeling good about Auburn there. If Auburn can get that signature, if that can happen, I'll feel a little bit better about this class. I still think the offensive line, I would like to see another offensive lineman commit, primarily a tackle. I would like to see one other one there and then hit the transfer portal. I'll be a green light if Auburn can add one defensive lineman and one offensive lineman to the class. Yep. Also, I, I will say, you remember how back in the, the summer, uh, a tight end from uh, from Sweden, I believe, committed to Texas A&M? Yeah. Yeah, huge flex. If we get Imba, it's going to be a defensive lineman originally from France. All right? That's so <laughs> much cooler than a tight end from Sweden. We're and a massive different. one. Yeah, and it's so funny. You look on 24-7 sports, just number one player in France. It's like, okay, who else is playing in France? Nobody. So. 
a total list of Auburn guys to sign today. 17 have signed their national letter of intent to play football at Auburn University. Four-star linebacker Robert Woodyard. Four-star cornerback Jadarian Rim. Four-star cornerback Austin Osberry. Four-star quarterback Holden Gariner. Four-star safety Trey Donaldson. Four-star running back Damari Austin. Four-star cornerback Keontae Scott. Four-star athlete Amari Kelly is probably going to play wide receiver. Three-star tight end Michael Riley Ducker. Three-star tackle Eston Harris Jr. Three-star Mark uh, safety Marquise Gilbert out of the JUCO level. Three-star wide receiver Camden Brown. Three-star wide receiver Jay Fair. Three-star linebacker Powell Gordon. Three-star safety Caleb Wooden. Three-star defensive lineman Anise Sledge. And three-star kicker Alex McPherson still also in the class, but a commitment right now and we'll be waiting till February to sign is defensive lineman Caden Story. And that is a look at Auburn's entire class right now, which comes in at number 12 nationally and number five in the SEC. Auburn's done some major damage today to move up, and I think you could say Auburn did really well in skill positions. The trenches still need some work, but overall, this is better than what a lot of people thought they were going to be able to do, and I don't think that they are quite done yet. There is a lot of room for optimism moving forward with this Auburn class, and today was an absolute dream for Tiger fans, and we'll keep breaking down the individual recruits as we go along throughout the show. We've gone through a handful in terms of recruiting rankings at the bottom of this class. As we work through our number two, we will get to the top of this list all the way up there with Robert Woodyard, the Alabama flip. Yeah, and he's, uh, let me tell you, Auburn has gotten some studs. They've not gotten their five-star kid, probably won't in this class, uh, but they've gotten some studs today. That's it for hour number one of On the Line. We'll be back with hour number two coming up at 3 p.m talking more recruiting here on On The Line. Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga and in Auburn on ESPN 1067 or online on FoxSports983.com and ESPNAU.com. You are on the line with Noah Gardner and Lance Daw. Join the show by calling in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Hour number two of On the Line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Number to call, 334-321-1390. Text line at 334-564-1840. Lance, good hour. Yeah, absolutely. And if you've missed any of it, you can go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. And the podcast listeners in the future, shout out to you. What's up? I wonder what they know that we don't know right now. Who else did Auburn get? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I wish I wish we knew. Podcast listeners in the future, I'd appreciate it if you told us. Let's head to the phone lines now. 334-321-1390. Dan is with us. Dan, how's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Um, you know, I, I agree with you guys 100% on, you know, we need to obviously uh, start 
all the trenches and everything. But I don't believe on the defensive line we're this is not like a time to just add a bunch of average guys because you have a ton of guys that are young that are sitting there kind of waiting their turn right now on the defensive line. So unless you're going to get someone who is a, a game changer on the line, then I, I don't know if you just want to go grab just some average guys. I mean, when you got you, just for, for, for no sack, I mean, uh, Jeremiah Wright was going to be, it looked like the starter going into last year before he got hurt. Now we'll see how he does when he comes back. But by the end of the end of the year, Jeremiah Jeremiah Pegues was playing a ton. You have Lee Hunter, which for whatever reason he hasn't broke through yet. We do expect him to break through at some point. And then you got Colby Wooden, who, I, like you said, with his brother coming back, I was pretty sure he's definitely got another year in him. And then Sakevius Walker sitting there, kind of waiting his turn. Uh, you have Marcus Harris, who's I don't see any reason why he's leaving yet. Um, and I mean, just just go down. I don't know what's going to happen with Marcus Burks or Dre Buckler. But they they still have time to come back and play, or you know, you know they're not they're not done yet. And then and then just on defensive end, Derek Hall, Echo Leota, Romello Height, Dylan Brooks, who who's just kind of getting waiting his turn. I mean, you only lost Tony Fair, who didn't play a lot, and you lost you're going to lose T.D. Moultrie, who's I guess in his his last year. So I mean, there's no reason to believe that that line is not going to be great next year. And I think it'll, uh, I think it'll improve. I'm with you. I, I think that they're still trying to. The reason why they've gone out and gotten some of the dudes in this class, and why the defensive line class maybe is a little thin, is is part of what you're talking about. But I also think they are still looking for guys that fit this scheme, because they were working with typically a four man front. The previous staff was, and this group's kind of got some tweeners. You know, like where does Lee Hunter slot in on the line? Because he was by the book a 4-3 defensive tackle, but in this one, I think he might have to slim down a little bit to play some defensive end in this system. Yeah. Now, as far as the offensive line, I do agree with you. That's that's probably the one area where where I'd be, yeah. you know, the most concerned. Uh, you know, I, I do think we have good some good receivers on the roster, and and I do love the the pickup today. Um, you know, I, I know he's a three star. I know Georgia just offered him a week ago, but I mean, I watch his video and and he's. You know he's tall. He's six three. You know he's got good size, but but he's got a really quick first step, and he gets by people, and he's got a good stride being at six three, and he he seems to get deep on teams a lot. So I think he's kind of one of those missing pieces that that'll really help. But you know we needed the linebackers. I love the one linebacker pickup that that flipped from Alabama. He looks like a guy who could definitely you know contribute pretty quickly. Um, I think he know, plays next a, year. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I, I think he's got that kind of ability. Um, you know, I mean, in the secondary, I mean, look, if you're going to get four guys in the secondary, you know, and then and if we do have the silent commit from Emba, I don't know if that's how you say his name. That's what I'm going I with. Mean, I mean, yeah, it would have been it would have been a dream. I mean, a perfect world if if we would have gotten Perry to commit to flip or yeah. come our way. But I mean, for the most part, you know, we could have taken the running back out of Tennessee. We obviously are trying to go for a bigger fish. You know, I mean, but but for for everything. You know, being said about us, not or about them not being good recruiters and stuff. Uh, I mean, we pulled some pretty good guys, you know. And, and I'm from everything I've heard, they've been keying on the 2023 class most of the year. So yeah, you know, that's when you really have time to build those relationships. I, I think we're going to be fine. Just, just hopefully in the portal, we can pick up a couple good offensive linemen, kind of add to what we have, and you know, maybe get a good tackle somewhere. We get lucky with the one guy. Well, the narrative about this class was that, or about this group of coaches, was that they weren't going to be able to recruit because they came from Boise, Idaho. But 
I thought they recruited well at Boise, and I think they've done a good job here at Auburn, and people should have just, you know, gave them some time. Um, I have no problem with, you know, I was cautious about this class for a while, and I wasn't feeling great about where it was going to finish, not because I didn't think these coaches were capable, but because it was a hard hand to be dealt. I think they have shown how I – th- I think they've shown they can recruit. This is about as good as Gus Malzahn was doing in his last couple of seasons. Yeah, no, no, I agree. And, and it's got room to get better, so – yeah. Anyway, hey, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you, Dan. Thanks for calling in. That was Dan on the line with us, 334-321-1390, if you want to call in and chime in. I think this coaching staff – cleared the bar easily yeah and they have shown their ability to recruit this year i'm excited to see what 2023 looks like because that's the class like dan said where i think they've really focused on building relationships they made a big deal when the first day that you could talk to the junior class came about they made a big deal out of that and they've had a lot of those four and five star players of that class on campus here for big games unfortunately you don't get the iron ball or Deep South's oldest rivalry in Jordan-Hare Stadium next year, which is something that really helps you ride the wave. Yeah, Even years, I think, are a little bit leaner from a recruiting standpoint because it's it's harder to generate that momentum that you can from the Iron Bowl. I mean, look what the Iron Bowl helped you get this class, and Auburn lost. The Iron Bowl helped you get this class, and Auburn lost, Right. Like that is how that that is how special the Iron Bowl is. Right, and I'll, I'll say two things. Number one, heading into like the past couple of weeks, I didn't think necessarily that this coaching staff could recruit just based on the way that things had gone. Right, like I, I, I just we just hadn't seen the fruits of of the of the labor put out, and now we've gotten to see. Oh, this coaching staff actually does know how to recruit, and not only that, they know how to flip some kids. And you talk about next season not necessarily being like a great opportunity. Uh, to uh, to have some on-campus visits and have some in-game visits because obviously the Iron Bowl and uh, in Auburn versus Georgia is not going to be in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I will still say, though, you've got teams like Texas A&M, LSU coming to town, right? Auburn obviously has made a point of emphasis in getting kids from uh, from the state of Louisiana. That's going to be a great opportunity early in the season during that five or six game home stretch to really prove a point. Also, Missouri right now, fourth best team in the SEC in recruiting. Auburn's got them at home early. That's going to be uh, a, a really big uh, game, I think, for recruits as well to uh, try and uh, try and some steer some kids away from uh, f- from potentially the Midwest. So I think Auburn still has opportunities on next year's schedule, but also to your point, Noah, talking about the relationships that these uh, the, this coaching staff has built with these 2023 kids is that's something I said earlier. Is I think now that we've gotten to see this this uh, coaching staff recruit this year, think about the guys that were on that list during the Iron Bowl, like all these different four- and five-star names, even in the Georgia game, if they are establishing those connections now and they've proven that they can do what they did this year, I mean, 2023, man, I mean, we could be building towards something really, really special. And this was the question, right? This has been the question after the four-game skid. Can Auburn recruit, recruit because that's the only way they're going to get better? I think so far they've answered the bell outside of maybe picking up one more offensive and defensive lineman in 2023. Again, really long time for now, so there's a lot to be figured out. I think there is hope, though. I think the defensive line is going to take care of itself in this class because I, I do feel good about Imba, mm-hmm. the number one Juco player in the country. Number one I, player I, in France. I, I feel pretty good about him coming to Auburn. But the other, the the other side of the coin, the offensive line, that there's a lot of work still to be done there, and I think uh, you've got two months to do it, or it's in the transfer portal. That's an area where you're like, mm, 
doesn't look great. But the opportunity is there for those guys to play early on. So you think that would be a massive selling point, I mean, especially for some of these like higher value targets. You know, right. higher up in the rankings, you think that would be a selling point for those guys to be able to play early on. So here's here would be like the the sales pitch, right? Or well, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that this would be, but like here are some of the positives, right? If Auburn brings in. Uh, potentially like one of our callers mentioned, a transfer quarterback like Keaton Slovis, right? You've got all these different skill position players. You've got these young guys coming in. You've still got Tank Bigsby, Damari Alston, Jarquez Hunter. The pitch to these offensive linemen would be, we've got all the pieces around you, right? We've already got those guys. If you come in, you'll have an opportunity to start day one and compete on a team that is going to make some noise in the SEC because, again, we have the pieces. I think the same could be said for the defensive line. I think you could make that sales pitch. So right now... There's a lot of opportunity for Auburn to dip into the transfer portal and get some guys in the trenches. As we reset here in hour number two, we're going to go back through the list of guys that have signed their letter of intent as well as some of the commitments who have yet to sign. But Auburn's class in 24-7 sports composite team rankings up to number 12 nationally, fifth in the SEC, an average rating of .8903. That is up from last year, which was .8825. The list of guys committed, four-star linebacker Robert Woodyard, four-star cornerback Jadarian Rim, four-star cornerback Austin Osbury, four-star quarterback Holden Gurner, four-star safety Trey Donaldson, four-star running back Damari Austin, four-star cornerback out of the JUCO level. He's the number one cornerback out of the JUCO level, Keontae Scott, four-star athlete Amari Kelly, three-star tight end Micah Riley Ducker, three-star tackle Eston Harris Jr., three-star and number one safety at the JUCO level Marquise Gilbert, Three-star wide receiver Camden Brown. Three-star wide receiver Jay Fair. Three-star linebacker Powell Gordon. Three-star safety Caleb Wooden. Three-star defensive lineman Anise Sledge. And three-star kicker Alex McPherson, also the number one kicker in this year's class. A guy who has not signed and will not sign until February. Defensive lineman out of Lynette, Caden Story. Four-star, six-foot-four, 264-pound guy. is probably going to play some defensive end for Auburn he has yet to sign he will be waiting until February and that is what has gotten Auburn up to number 12 nationally according to 24-7 sports composite team rankings we're going to head to the phone lines now 334-321-1390 Inspector is with us Specter how's it going today my man uh pretty good uh I've been keeping track a little bit on and off uh your last uh couple of comments right there kind of got me up to date uh, I am uh, pretty well impressed right now. Uh, I went from uh, flashing red to flashing yellow on my light. There you go. I've 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 moved up to a, lo- a lot closer to green than I have been this entire time. I'm I'm still yellow. Lance went to green. I'm right there, baby. Yeah, but I'm 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 yellow, and that the only reason why I'm yellow is because of the offensive line. But I think they have they have gotten everybody they've wanted everywhere else but the trenches. Yeah, I'm yellow right there with you because of the offensive line. I will have one comment to say about five stars. I am really concerned that we don't have one five-star in our 22 class. And uh, we just lost a five-star in Bo Nix, and we only got one five-star on the roster now. So um, I'll be yellow until we start signing our five-star or two. 
and you'll be waiting until 2023, Spectre. I think that there's a lot of room for optimism to get somebody like that in 2023, but there's nobody on the board for Auburn like that this year. Uh, and, I, and I think that was just a relationships kind of thing. They just didn't have any relationships built with those guys. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Spectre, uh, okay. go ahead. See you later. Uh, well, that's all I had. I'm going to keep listening and see what it, I may have a comment later or two later. Sounds good. We appreciate the call, Specter. Okay. That was Specter on live. It's three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm right there with Specter. I'm optimistic that Auburn will be able to close this out pretty well, but I do think there are a couple of missing guys. And he talks about not having a five star. I don't blame them for that. You come into this year, it's not their fault. They didn't have the relationships built in the southeast. It's hard to get those guys when Bama, Georgia, Texas A&M, Ohio State, and Clemson have been recruiting those guys since the start of their junior campaign when they could talk to those recruits. So it becomes very difficult to out-recruit those schools who already have a year on you in that, and they've never even heard of you before, possibly, if you're Brian Harson, right? So Auburn, it's going to be really difficult for Auburn to overcome that, but... Auburn's right there on level footing with them next year in 2023. Can Auburn go and get somebody next year? And I think there's a real possibility for that. Unfortunately, you don't have the Iron Bowl and you don't have the Georgia game here in Auburn, which can help you ride that. That momentum from those games can really help you land a big guy like that. So you're going to have a little bit harder time selling the Auburn experience without those two games here in Jordan-Hare, but... I think they're going to have a shot to land some of those players next year. And I think next year's class, honestly, will be a lot better than this year's class. But I also don't know if this coaching staff is fully concerned with going out and getting, just because a recruiting ranking says that they are a five-star. I don't know if this coaching staff is overly concerned with that. From, from what I have heard, this coaching staff is far more concerned with scouting than maybe even the previous regime was. And talent acquisition and being able to find guys out there not necessarily diamonds of the rough but those guys definitely are part of that but this coaching staff appears to cover more ground than the previous coaching staff in terms of evaluating talent that gives me optimism it makes me feel more comfortable if Auburn doesn't bring in a five-star that even if a guy may be lower rated than what people maybe want to see, like Holden Gariner falls into this category. Like Holden Gariner's offer sheet was not good at the time that Auburn offered him. Mm-hmm. But look at all the teams that have jumped right there with him. And look at how he's moved up in the recruiting rankings. He's inside the top 300 on 24-7 sports. He is a four-star quarterback. He's number 19 at his position on 24-7. On ESPN, he's top 10 at his position. Like that's the type. Like I think they're very good at talent evaluation and scouting. Right. And, and again, you talking about Jaron, I mean, look at the, the guys that have offered him. Arkansas, Florida State, Georgia, Kentucky, LSU, Michigan, Michigan State, Tennessee. I mean, uh, Auburn is uh, is out there getting their dudes. And talking about, you know, like just uh, 2023 visits, you look at specifically uh, for, for the Iron Bowl, I mean, they had one five-star guy in Tony Mitchell, but, I mean, you're looking at just a plethora of, of four-star guys that were were at that game uh, that that Auburn could potentially be pursuing in next year's class. Auburn's got an opportunity to really make a mark in the 2023 class, even if they don't sign a ton of five-stars. But I will say this. I have been talking with, granted, some Alabama fans today, which they're thrilled, as they always are. This is always a fun day for them, uh, at least in the last 15, 16 years. But um, really you know 90 percent of the time since football has existed at the at the collegiate level but um 
you know, they have pointed out, and you look at the recruiting rankings, I do think there is a pretty big gap between the top of the SEC and some of the other teams outside the top three. I think Georgia, Alabama, and A&M really cleaned up in the SEC. There's only three SEC teams inside the top ten right now, unless you want to count Texas and Oklahoma. That would make it five, but for the foreseeable future, there are just three SEC teams inside the top ten, and all three of them are inside the top three. The next closest is Kentucky at 11. It's holding on for dear life, by the way. They have a five-star in their class. Has he signed? Who, Kentucky? Yeah, I, Kentucky's five-star. I don't. He has not signed. I don't believe he has, no. He has not. And that is Keonta Goodwin, five-star offensive tackle, number 25 player nationally. So, and of course, they did get Tayshaun Manning to transfer to him. Uh, they also got a Virginia Tech wide receiver to transfer to them, so that's going to factor into this year's class for them a little bit. Uh, and the combined 24-7 sports rankings that you know feature those transfers and whatnot. Auburn's right there at 12, right behind Kentucky. And I don't think there's a whole lot separating them. And you break down Auburn's average grade of 89.03 to Kentucky's 88.76, so the average recruit is why Auburn is behind them. The only reason why Auburn – or is the – Auburn, Auburn – I think has a better class, but the the reason why Auburn is not in front of them is because Kentucky has one more commit. Um, I got mixed up there a little bit, but Kentucky's one spot ahead of Auburn because they have one extra commit. Auburn still got the average overall player on them. Um, Missouri's one spot behind Auburn, and they have a five star. Uh, they actually have a better average grade than Auburn. But when you break it down, the fact that Kentucky, Auburn, and Missouri are four, five, and six in these rankings, Florida's fourteenth, Ole Miss is tenth. The fact that Vanderbilt's close to the top 25, I mean, th- this isn't a good look. There are three teams that ran circles around everybody in recruiting this year. Yeah, and, uh, and and honestly, you know, I think that as Auburn fans, is it realistic to expect next year's class to be on the level of, of even like Texas A&M who has four or five-star kids? I mean, I just I think that Auburn's doing the best that they can right now, and I think next year's class is going to be even better. But just, I mean, still, got to give it some time. Texas A&M had a big day today. They have a five-star number two overall quarterback in their class. Connor, I, I guess that would be Weigman, uh out of Cypress, Texas. This is the type of class that Texas A&M needed to elevate to the next level and possibly get over that hump to be able to go to an SEC championship. I wouldn't be shocked if in three or four years A&M's playing in one. I would not be surprised either. I mean, honestly, you look outside of the quarterback position for the past two seasons for A&M, I mean, they've really elevated in a lot of different areas. And I that's a program definitely to fear moving forward. Um, this you, is what Georgia did three years ago. Yeah, and you talk about, you know, like Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC and potentially taking some of that away from A&M, sure. But they are laying a foundation that will be pretty hard to break come that point, right? I, I, I think they're laying the foundation in recruiting right now. I mean, this is exactly what Georgia did. I guess that was four years ago because that, that was a class of 2018 that I'm thinking of that Georgia really just exploded. They, were, they had that number one class or borderline number one class that year because it was Ohio State, Alabama, and um, Georgia that year that were just kind of on the various recruiting sites that flipped around between one, two, and three. But that's what this year's class reminds me of between those three teams. It was that 2018 class. A&M's going to be a problem in a couple of years. Now, will they be able to replicate this year in and year out? I don't see why not, other than Texas and Oklahoma coming into the league. But if Texas A&M can put results next to recruiting classes like this, I don't think Oklahoma and Texas will be able to break it. I mean, Texas is fifth in this year's class, and they've got a good class too. they got 26 commits in it, 16 four-stars, one five-star. Texas has done well, but Oklahoma's 10th, man. 
And part of that has to do with guys dropping with Lincoln Riley leaving. But I'm going to tell you, I don't know if those two teams are going to out-recruit Texas A&M just because they're coming to the SEC. Yeah, I agree. Let's head to a quick break here. We will continue on breaking down Auburn's recruiting class when we come back here on On the Line. Back on On the Line, Lance Daw, Noah Gardner here with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Tis the season, everybody. It's Flipmas recruiting season here in college football. Big news out of Florida. Florida has flipped five-star Kamari Wilson from Georgia on National Signing Day today. Uh, Kamari Wilson, a safety out of IMG Academy, number 28 overall prospect in the uh, 24-7 sports composite. This is a guy that a lot of people thought was a Georgia lean for a very long time, but obviously Wilson uh, announcing his commitment to, uh, to Florida today. Uh, one of the schools out there that is considered to potentially be uh, DBU, DB, potential DBU, that is. Uh, Kamari Wilson certainly going to shore up uh, that, that secondary for the Florida Gators. And this is a just a huge, huge statement uh, for, for, for Billy Napier coming out the gates. This class needed a defibrillator. And I still don't know if they're out of the woods yet just because they got a five-star. But uh, And you break it down, I mean, they got seven – guys who have signed their national letter of intent today two guys that are committed to them that's it that's all that's in their class nine players lance nine there's a reason why they were ranked number 76 before this commitment the rankings have not been adjusted yet for kamari wilson going to florida uh earlier in the show ty the tiger asked us about florida and so now's a good time to talk about them with this happening they're last in the sec now will this dig them out of the cellar i'm not sure i mean number 76 nationally for an sec team especially a team such as florida a state school is uncharted territory hey yeah by the way boys vanderbilt is higher than florida if you if you don't think that's a reason to panic you you, <laughs> you gotta you gotta be thinking what on earth are florida fans uh talking about down there in gainesville because right now uh, i mean this kind of softens the blow of what has been a just a disappointing year for recruiting um, but man, Billy Napier has still got a lot of work to do. Well, this is a big blow to a Georgia secondary that has lost some talent in recent years. They're extremely young right now, and they got some good transfers and, and whatnot, but if you're able to flip a guy from Georgia to come and play for you, he's the number 28 player in the nation, this is a big win for Billy Napier, and I think this is evidence of his ability to recruit and what he already brings to the table to the Gators. But at the time that he has hired and the damage that Dan Mullen did to the program on his way out, especially on the recruiting trail, this is a this is a bar that I don't know that he'll easily be able to clear. And honestly, any recruit that they get, especially high-value targets such as Kamari Wilson, that it's a win for florida at this point and you break down florida's recruiting class which we won't go too far in depth on it you break down florida's recruiting class they have two safeties at the top of it kamari wilson a five star and then the number 21 safety in this year's class a safety out of florida devin moore so florida's done a good job of building out at the top of their secondary but pretty much everywhere else it's not been too great um two offensive tackles in the class so you can give them some credit there they do not they have of their seven guys that have signed the national letter of intent five of them are from the state of florida one is from texas and one is from maryland 
they have not recruited the Southeast very well. No, they they haven't. And honestly, like I said earlier, it's going to probably take Billy Napier a little bit to get things going, but they, he needs to get some things going very quickly because right now the class is not uh, in a very good spot. I'm trying to pull it up. You talk about Georgia's secondary. You look at some of the guys that they've got bringing in. I need to find it, but they have got just an insane amount of talent uh, that they st- that they have on roster and they will be bringing in soon uh, out- outside of uh, outside of the guys that they they already have on roster. Five star so. quarterback Jaheim Singletary signed yeah. his national letter of intent with Georgia today. Um, athlete Malachi Starks, number one athlete in the country, number fourteen player in the country. Uh, five star cornerback Dalen Everett, number six cornerback in the country. So they got two five star cornerbacks that have committed. Uh, in addition to a four-star quarterback, also a top 100 player, and Julian Humphrey. So three top 100 quarterbacks for Georgia in this year's class. They got it going on, man. Whoa! It's got massive anxiety about that. <laughs> we'll be back with more of On the Line when we come back. Talking Auburn's recruiting class on the other side of this break. Stay on the line. More of the show when we come back. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Number to call, 334-321-1390 is the number that you can call to talk to us here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line as we talk National Signing Day. Any questions that you've got, any comments, concerns, compliments for this coaching staff they've done a really good job we're breaking down Auburn's recruiting class and taking it from more of a film perspective and breaking down what Auburn is getting in each of these recruits wide receiver Jay Fair out of Rockwall Heath High School Rockwall Texas five foot ten 175 don't be fooled by the little bit shorter of a stature there a wide receiver this dude's got hops number 575 player nationally number 77 wide receiver in this year's class jay fair with the 22 foot long jump and i'll tell you the saying is and it's been applied to florida but i'll expand it a three-star in florida texas and california it's a four-star everywhere else yep absolutely and like you said do not think uh, too much about this guy's size he's got a little bit of speed like you said he can uh, jump out of the building he's incredibly athletic and i think he's somebody while he may be lower on this uh, list of different receivers that auburn has i definitely think that he is going to uh when he gets his time here on the planes he's going to be a very solid slot guy i think for the tigers i see slot potentially z receiver also I think he could play on the outside with his ability to jump if you wanted to throw deep balls downfield, ability to win one-on-ones. But with that speed, he lined up in the slot and on the outside in his time in Texas. He's explosive. I'm watching some of his film right now. He's able to break free out on the edge. He's got a good first step. He's able to get some release off the line. Then He's got good hands when you get to that hand-to-hand combat with some of these defensive backs. I like this kid. I think he's going to be good. Yeah, watching some of the film, it just looks like he just gets right past people. Looks like uh, Rockwall Heath High School did tend to line him up on the outside. Although I will say, uh, in terms of size, I don't necessarily think that's a huge factor. One, like you said, because it's it's a player from Texas. And two, 
Um, we've seen Auburn work really well in the past with shorter receivers, one of them being Ryan Davis, uh, the all-time receptions leader for the Tigers. So I definitely think that Fair uh, could be an interesting piece for the Tigers, especially if he's got some speed. And he's able to get off the line really well. I like that. It seems like he's a guy that you could use as a deep ball thread. Talking about Jay Fair. Moving up to another wide receiver commit. Three-star, according to 24-7 Sports. Number 70 wide receiver in this year's class. Six foot three, one ninety, out of St. Thomas Aquinas. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Camden Brown. And this is a guy that was uh, was getting some interesting looks from teams like Georgia uh, and Kentucky Florida and State. Ole Miss, South Carolina, a lot of teams from the SEC, and like you just said, Florida State. This guy uh, is not on the smaller ends, like you just said. Six foot three, one ninety is going to be uh, hopefully a very physical pres- presence uh, for Auburn on the outside. Uh, I think uh, I think that he- Auburn definitely needs a kid kid like that. When you look at this year's receiver room, I don't think that you saw a guy on the roster that could do one of two things, either catch the deep ball consistently or go up and catch a 50-50 ball. After Seth Williams was gone, it's like, okay, well, we've got some issues here, and Auburn definitely struggled in that department. This guy uh, could be somebody that kind of brings back that physical presence, that receiver that Auburn has actually had uh, over the past few years. He's a Seth Williams type, not super explosive in terms of speed, He's not going to burn someone downfield, but in one-on-ones, I trust him. Yep. If if that ball is thrown up downfield, and I, I do think this is also a deep ball threat for Auburn out on the outside, this is an X receiver to me. Hey, once again, he's not going to blow the top off with speed, but his ability to win one-on-ones, I think he could play above 200 pounds when it's all said and done. He's at 190 right now. I think you could put some weight on this guy. He could be a threat anywhere on the field using his physicality and I think Auburn's going to end up um, using this guy in a lot of one-on-one situations out on the outside with deep balls and whatnot Uh, he reminds me a lot of Seth Williams that way and honestly I think that's a really good thing that you're talking about the type of receivers that Auburn is bringing into the program talking about the scheme fits and whatnot I think Auburn lacked this season guys like Jay Fair and Camden Brown and the fact that they're bringing these guys in if they can develop them I think it's going to be very beneficial for this offense to have a vertical threat or multiple vertical threats Uh, and then also don't forget Auburn's got other other different guys that don't play receiver that will also be making an impact as vertical threats as well guys like Landon King and other tight ends on the roster number one junior college safety Marquise Gilbert out of Hutchinson Community College six foot two 180 Auburn looking to replace some of what they lost at the top of that secondary this is a guy that can play right away yeah absolutely and like you just said uh number one overall safety out of the juco rank 6'2 180 he's got some length uh and uh honestly auburn needs depth at that position now that smoke monday is going to be gone and the fact that auburn has picked up a couple of different defensive backs that can immediately step in and get some legitimate playing time and guys like marquise gilbert i think are going to be uh day one impact players i definitely think that he's somebody that can uh, make a huge difference for the tigers in that secondary you watch his film this is a guy who can play the safety position both ways and what I mean by that he can cover he can make he's got good ball skills I'm seeing a 100 yard pick six in his highlights 
Uh, on top of that, I also think he's a hard hitter and he's going to be able to come downhill. And uh, it, this seems like the replacement for Smoke Monday. Yeah, it, it, whenever you look at his film, it does look like it. he looks very similar to the way that Smoke Monday operated. And, and again, I think that's a really good thing that Auburn's bringing in depth and different guys to replace him because Auburn is going to need some help on the back end in, in, uh, in the future. The only offensive lineman in the class right now, Eston Harris Jr., three-star, number 429 player nationally, number 34 offensive tackle out of Auburn, Alabama, six foot six, 290 pounds, and he chose Auburn over a lofty offer sheet. This is the gym right now on the offensive line for Auburn. Yeah, and uh, and it's really, really nice to see Auburn pick up a tackle with some size. Like you mentioned, 6'6", 290, probably going to gain some weight uh, over the first couple of years here with the Tigers, but Auburn desperately, desperately needs help in the trenches, and the fact that they were able to pick up an, an, in, an in, uh, in-house product uh, like Eston Harris I think is really important. I'll be curious to see where he lines up. I wouldn't be shocked if he plays out on the right side of the line. Uh, it's a lot of where he lined up in high school. Looks to be pretty good at run blocking as well as and pass blocking, something that develops with, with time and age. But this is a good get for Auburn on the offensive line. Um, I, I definitely think that he's better than what he's rated as a three-star. Yeah, I would agree with that. And again, having that presence at six foot six, I think is going to be really important that Auburn gets guys in the trenches that are not just talented, but also have some size to actually be able to go out there and uh, and protect against some of these bigger SEC players. Because honestly, this is something that I think I brought up like way back in the spring of last year, yeah, of this year, excuse me, is Auburn to me feels like they've been undersized on the O-line over the past couple of seasons, just in a lot of different areas and bringing in a guy that has some legitimate height and weight to him I think is important continuing along breaking down Auburn's recruiting class from a film and analytical standpoint of what Auburn is getting in each of these recruits tight end three star number 404 player nationally number 19 tight end of the country coming in at six foot six 235 pounds Michael Riley Ducker out of Bellevue West Bellevue Nebraska this is one of my favorite commits in the entire class because I think he's going to catch a lot of passes when he's on the planes. And look, he doesn't line up necessarily. Talking about him playing as a tight end, he often does not line up on the line of scrimmage. He often lines up as uh, a standalone receiver. And I think in the he, slot. In the slot, typically. And I think he is going to be a guy that Auburn could potentially look to a lot down the road simply because of his height. Uh, I think he's got a very large uh, catch radius whenever you go and watch some of his film. Uh, he's not necessarily, I would say, the most physical guy when it comes to blocking. Um, but I certainly think the height that he's got definitely helps him. A fantastic target and a great pickup. But he plays mean. I'll say that too. <laughs> this is a guy who's got swag. Okay, uh, on his huddle playlist, he does have one. De- he has some highlights devoted to pancakes. Uh, and, and when you watch it, he plays mean. Like this dude finishes plays and trucks over dudes. And uh, you know, in some of his, I mean, one of his highlights, you see him stare down a guy. I mean, this this guy's the very got a first one. He yeah, catches a touchdown and he bears trucks up on over him. a dude, and then he stares stares him down. I mean, this is a guy who plays mean. And he was one of the first commits that this coaching staff got. And we talked about this months ago. This is a player that I am really high up on, and. I think that he fits what this coaching staff wants to do in the passing game. I don't know if he'll be called upon a ton to block it because you're right. I mean, he comes in at six foot six, two thirty five. That doesn't necessarily scream blocking tight end. And when you watch his film, that's not what's on there. But this coaching staff was extremely 
extremely excited when they got Mike O'Reilly Tucker. And I don't know if that was just because it it was helping them build some momentum. It was one of their first major commitments. But he's good. He's a good tight end. And I'm excited about the future of two tight end sets with Mike O'Reilly Ducker and Landon King from an athleticism standpoint and the hands that they have as receivers. That's going to add another layer and another depth to Auburn's passing game that we saw flourish this year under this coaching staff. But I think it's going to only continue to get better as they usher in more guys like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I, th- I think that it's really great that Auburn has just such a deep tight end room that they can go to some of these receiving threats. And then also, they've got guys on roster that can block and can be versatile as well. I think the tight end position, uh, for as many people that have complained about the lack of its usage uh, during Gus Malzahn's tenure, I think we're really going to see a legitimate emergence uh, over these next few seasons from the position. Four-star athlete, according to 24-7 Sports Composite, number 362 player nationally, number 18 athlete in this year's class, Omari Kelly at six foot two, 180 out of Trustville, Alabama. This is the top wide receiver get in terms of rankings for this Auburn class. This guy, watching him, reminds me of Ricardo Lewis. Just watching him play reminds me of Ricardo Lewis. I think uh, he's got the ability to do a couple different things. I think he's got solid speed. Uh, he's not the fastest guy out there, but I think it's solid. You see him uh, on occasionally in his highlights go up and get what looks like either a 50-50 ball or just a jump ball. Uh, I think I see a, whenever I watch that, I see a lot of Lewis in him for some reason. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to the 2015 Kentucky game uh, whenever Lewis was called upon to do a lot in that matchup. Uh, it looks like he's got a very diverse route tree. Uh, it looks like uh, Kelly could potentially be a big-time commit after watching some of his highlights in terms of just a, just a big play threat out there on the outside. reason why he's listed as an athlete, played some safety, played some cornerback as well, extremely physical player. I like what Armour's getting here at six foot two, 180. This is another one of those possession-type receivers that you'll see in this pro-style offense, West Coast-style offense that Auburn's bringing to the table with Brian Harson Moving to the number one cornerback and the number three Juco player in this year's class, Keontae Scott, out of Snow College in Ephraim, Utah. Number one Juco cornerback, six foot 185. You like that size, Lance? Oh, yes. I absolutely. Uh, I, I absolutely this dude is built. He, when it, you look at his, some of his, uh, his film, I mean, this is a... Uh, this is a physical corner out here, man, and I'm really excited to see Keontae Scott. For Auburn to have picked up the number one Juco safety and cornerback, again, mentioned it earlier, think that's huge for this program. Really like what I've seen out of uh, Scott's film. Uh, it's something that Auburn, I think, defensive backs and safeties have struggled with in the past. Uh, and this is something that 24-7 Sports actually notes, is not having loose hips, not being able to get sideline to sideline very, very well. And that's something that 24-7 Sports and their scouting report notes. And if you watch his film, it's definitely apparent, uh, apparent is that he's got loose hips. He seems very comfortable in his own body moving. I think this is uh, going to be a fantastic pickup. I've not seen him, uh, just looking at some of his highlights, not seen him uh, in terms of his ball skills, not gotten to see him actually make a play on the ball yet. But I definitely think that uh, he, he probably possesses some of that ability considering he was the best juco corner in the nation what i get from this commitment is pest he's he's the katie johnson of your secondary physical he may be handsy you may get some pis called on guys like this but on the flip side you're also going to get 90 percent of the snaps with the dude being in your face and irritating all game long and kind of draped all over a wide receiver that wears on him 
He's got good hands, I think. So, uh, especially at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage, when um, yeah, I, I just don't think you're going to see often cornerback uh, him get beaten by wide receivers. I don't think he's just going to get blown off the ball. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to be able to stay up with them Carlton and, and physically Davis beat them. Yes, I one hundred percent. I see a lot of Carlton Davis there. Uh, running back commit, and this is our last one before we'll go to break. Four-star Damari Austin out of Atlanta, Georgia, and Woodward Academy, number 315 player nationally, number 29 running back in this class. I see a lot of Tank Bigsby here out of Damari Austin in his play style frame. He's physical, not afraid to shy away from the contact. When you see only 205 pounds, you may be a little curious about the size. He's got some quick speed, some quick burst. I don't know if his top-end speed is just you know, off the charts or anything like that, but when you look at him, he's built. He is filled out. Um, I could see him making an impact early on at Auburn. When you look at his frame, he does look a lot like Tank Bigsby. And you talk about just the physicality of his running style. I think guys just bounce off of him. Yeah, I think you see a lot of Tank Bigsby in that as well. Uh, like you just said, not the fastest guy in the world. Neither is Tank. But it, it, I don't necessarily want to say this kid's a mirror image of Bigsby, but they certainly do a lot of similar things really, really well. I'll also, you see on his highlights a couple of times hurdling people. Uh, obviously, a, a display of athleticism. He's not just a brute force kind of guy. He can also get over you as well. Let's head to a quick break here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line. When we come back, we'll wrap up breaking down this class as we also wrap up the Wednesday edition of the show. Back on On the Line, Noah Gardner and Lance Dahl with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Last segment of the show, we got about four minutes left. Here in the Wednesday edition, the National Signing Day edition. Lance, let's wrap it up. Quarterback, Holden G. Holden Jariner. Uh, I think that the, something that has been uh, discussed with Jariner, a critique I would have of him is his throwing motion. I think it's a little weird the way that he sidearms things, but I'll tell you what, his arm strength is definitely there. If you've seen the highlights from his championship game, just flicks the ball effortlessly. I think he's got good accuracy. He's got good size as well, 6'3", 210, uh, 210 pounds. This is a guy that I think is a very good scheme fit uh, for for the uh, the type of ho- uh, offense that Brian Harson wants to run. Some news earlier. Press conference was asked about it. Take it away. So... Brian Harson was asked earlier in his press conference that started at three if he was uh, considering taking another quarterback in this year's class, and Harson said that remains to be seen. Uh, so could we see Auburn potentially pick somebody else up? Could we potentially see them pick somebody up in the transfer portal? I know Keaton Slovis, the transfer from USC, apparently his name has been linked to Austin Davis, Auburn's, uh, Auburn's new offensive coordinator. Nobody. Could we see Auburn elect to pick him up? And I think that is a very, that's a good scenario, right? That's a good situation where you bring in Slovis, right? And you have Holden G underneath him. You have Demetrius Davis under him trained for one more year. And then in 2023, after Slovis graduates, you have a quarterback competition between a junior or uh, slash redshirt sophomore and uh, and a uh, and a, a freshman, redshirt freshman or a, or a sophomore in Holden Jariner. You get that quarterback battle. Both of them have experience. Um, one of them is a scheme fit. One of them has been on the roster for an incredibly long time. Uh, I think that's a g- great scenario heading into 2023. Slovis was my number one on my transfer portal quarterbacks list to come to Auburn. I hope it happens. Three guys left to talk about here. Austin Osbury and Jadarian Rim, two cornerbacks 
that had LSU ties in some way. Rim was committed to LSU. Osbury was out of their backyard in Baton Rouge. Auburn just got two cornerbacks that they are extremely excited about. And kudos to Javon Reed for his work out there on the recruiting trail. Yeah, absolutely. Reed has definitely done an exceptional job. Like I mentioned earlier, it's been a great follow on Twitter with some of the memes and things that the uh, the staff has been putting out and Reed has been putting out. Uh, but I, w- I will say this, you know, Brian Harson was also asked in his press conference about why Auburn was so heavily pursuing uh, the defensive back position and he said well we lost a guy in Roger McCreary and he was uh, he was really really good so we're trying to fill that hole essentially and uh, you know you look at some of the pieces Auburn brought in I think they brought in some some guys that can start right away and kind of fill that void but they also got some uh, some younger guys like Austin Osbury and Janarian Rim and you look at a guy like Osbury I think he's going to be a very solid corner on the outside I think he's somebody that Auburn could definitely use in the future the fact that Auburn was able to go into LSU's backyard and just pick this kid up uh, I think is really solid uh, if you when have you watched this film at all? I've Aus- watched a little bit. Osbury's what? Who does he remind you of? Auburn defensive back. They're all physical, so they all kind of remind me of Carlton Davis. Yeah, it is kind of that Carlton Davis type of role uh, when you watch him. I, I really do think that um, the the type of cornerback that Auburn has kind of embodied uh, is is just I think either smaller or incredibly physical, and I think Auburn's getting another one in Osbury. Last guy here. We only have like. 10 seconds or so Robert Woodyard the Alabama flip this is a guy that I think can play right away and we're about to be out of time here on the show to talk about it literally in two seconds so we don't have a whole lot of time to dig into it I'll just say this and we'll talk about this class again tomorrow and Robert Woodyard will be a major topic of conversation as we give you our top commits from this group Woodyard fits exactly what this defense wants to do exactly what this defense wants to do and I think he's going to do it at a high level yep Lance, it's been a good show today, my man. I hope you have a good rest of your afternoon. Yeah, you too, Noah. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place. You know where to find us.